want to go ahead and pray for us. Our Father in heaven, uh, I'm so grateful. So grateful that you are in control of all things. Um, that you are not caught off guard and that you are not surprised. Um, Father, just pray that we can just enjoy the beauty of your grace right now through your word. And that we can just delight in it. And that we can know that it's not based off of privilege. Um, that it's not based off of something that we've earned. We've not earned the right to boast in anything other than the, the work that your son Jesus did on the cross. And we can celebrate that and we can rejoice in that and we can proclaim it. Father, we are uh, once we're far away from you. And you sent your son to draw us near. And you are constantly revealing yourself through your son so that we could delight in you and enjoy you and reflect your glory in the fallen world. So I pray that this time enters us close to your promise that you would fill the earth with your glory and that you would do it through your church and that you would do it through your people. And I pray that no matter what happens in this world, that we could take comfort in knowing that you can use evil and you can turn it and use it for good and for your glory. So thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So um, Garrett went to uh, print something for me. So I'm going I'm to do what has been done since the beginning of time, and that's stall. Um, and I'm going to stall about telling you a little bit about myself, so, which is what I was going to do anyway, but just probably not as long. Uh, so many, if you don't know me, my name is Thomas Anderson. I'm an intern here. Uh, it's been a joy to be a part of Delray. Um, see, I don't have to stall as long as I thought I did. Um, and... Um, one of the beauty part, beautiful parts about being at Delray is the opportunities that we get to just proclaim the Bible to you and share with you uh, different truths from the text. So that's what we're going to do today. Uh, today we're going to be talking about regeneration um, and just uh, our need for regeneration and how, how the Holy Spirit works in us to complete the, the redemptive work of Jesus. All right. And so I want to just start with uh, just the basic definition of regeneration. Um, so I took this from Martin Lloyd-Jones. Um, he said, the implanting of the principle of new spiritual life and a radical change in the governing, governing disposition of the soul. That's a lot of words. <laughs> and essentially what he's saying is, uh, is that, um, if you notice, one of, the, one, of the, one of the aspects of regeneration is not, you don't see the word I. In anywhere in that definition. You don't see the word you in anywhere in the definition, but you do see the work actually happening to you. And so what Martin Lloyd Jones is doing is he's, through a very complex use of words, is he's saying that something happens to your spirit, to your soul, that allows you to be able to enjoy God. Right? And so what he's saying is something very beautiful is happening to you that is necessary in order for you to be in right relationship with God. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what, that thing, what that thing is and why it's necessary, and then the beauty and privileges that we get once that thing happens to us. I want to start right off the bat that by just saying that um, when we talk about spiritual things and we talk about divine things and we talk about big, beautiful, heavenly things, it's, 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 it's a tendency for us to want to know every single possible detail that exists around these things, because these things are so foreign to us. I do want to explain that what we're about to talk about is very divine, it's very spiritual, and it's very complex. And when we start to dig and dig, we'll end up with more questions than sometimes we have answers for. But what we will find is a sufficiency of grace and we uh, uh, an ability to delight in the work of what God is doing so that we can take comfort in knowing that, you know what, I don't know how, how full, how completely this works, but I know it does work because I can see evidences of it in my life and the people around me. All right? <clears throat> so let's first talk about the nature of regeneration. Uh, when the Bible talks about regeneration, it uses a variety of different words to kind of gear our minds around us. Remember, we talked about it being a divine thing and being a supernatural thing. So one of the things that the Bible does is it uses human terms for us to grasp divine supernatural realities and ideas and thoughts 
right? And so some of the words that he used uh, is words like regeneration, new creation, uh, birth, or made alive. So if somebody don't mind, would you go ahead and grab Titus 3.5? And we'll look at the first word. Absolutely. So that's the first and last time we see the word regeneration used in the Bible. And that's not uncommon for some, uh, some of our doctrinal themes or some of our uh, key principles to our Christian faith. Oftentimes what you'll find is authors in the Bible will use the word that we use commonly. They'll use it sparingly, but they'll spend a variety of letters and, I, and, and, uh, and sermons to basically flesh out that term. So I'd love to know from you, when you think about the idea of regeneration, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Anybody? Just shout out. First word that comes to mind. Sanctification. New life. New Rebirth. Did you say rebirth or new birth? Rebirth. Rebirth. All right. You guys are super spiritual. All right. I love it. So anything else? Regeneration, dead seed, new life. All right, and, and one more. Resurrection, right? And so all of these words are, this word regeneration is very common to us. It's very easy when we hear that word to be able to associate it with the word life. The word, the idea is that meant something uh, exists, but it doesn't exist to its full potential, and it needs to be regenerated. It needs to be New life needs to be added to it. New, new birth. Something is, we don't understand necessarily what has, at this point, what has caused the need for regeneration. But the idea in Titus is that uh, something, the way we are right now, is not okay. Thank you. Sorry. No worries. Um, I, new creation. Somebody read Ephesians 2.10. Yeah, and so we see, first of all, that, um, that regeneration is something that has to happen because, certain th- because something's not right. We don't know necessarily things aren't right, but we know that regeneration happens to, to specifically to God's creation. And so we'll see later that something has happened to God's creation, to humanity, that is necessary for regeneration. But we now see that God is, is making things, making all things new. We saw it, see that in Revelation 20 and 21, where uh, 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 something that is, was once not just old, but corrupted, is now being, some, some type of work is happening in it to bring it back to life. And one of the things that I want to point out is, it's not just about God bringing, it's not just about renewing. If you, if, it's not just about taking something um, that was old and then polishing it up, right? So what God is doing is working directly from the inside out to create a new creation, mm-hmm. um, not just restoring the old, all right? Um, somebody read John 3, 3 through 8 real quick. Um, actually, you know what? Let's, let's, let's hold off on that. Let's read uh, 1 John 1, 13. And so there is a there is evidences of what this regeneration looks like. It, it, it's, it's associated with righteousness, but also before we even get to the evidence of, of regeneration. There is a, there is like you said, a new birth has happened, right? So we'll we'll see later that uh, uh, when we get to John three, that one of the conversations that Jesus has with with the guys that try to say, well, how how is it possible that I can be born again? Um, but in order for regeneration to happen, and one of the ways that the Bible uses the term regeneration is 
a new birth. All right. Let's look at the, the last two. Uh, somebody grab First uh, Peter three eighteen, and then somebody grab Second Corinthians three six. Yeah. Oh, no problem. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Mm-hmm. And then somebody read Second Corinthians three six. Who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Once again, the Bible uses the idea of regeneration to speak directly to human life. God's created human life. And once again, something has happened that has, uh, if, 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 some, if, if the Bible is talking about uh, bringing something to life or giving it new life, that means what, what was the state before it? Dead. Dead, right? And so the way the Bible refers to uh, regeneration is to talk about it as a new creation, a new life brought on by the spirit. And so what the Bible is trying to communicate to you and using these words is it's doing it in a positive way of helping you to see that um, regeneration is the idea of God working in us to bring new life. Why? Because we were once dead. We were once far off. We were once spiritually dead to him. And so, uh, or to, to his things and to what he delights in and to his preferences and so what the Bible is trying to communicate to us when we talk about regeneration is it, 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 in a very positive way, it's showing us that this is who we, were, who we ought to be. This is who God intended us to be. Um, but because of sin, and we're going to jump into that now, um, we are born spiritually dead. And so as a result, we cannot be this. Right? We cannot be new uh, living creatures delighting in God. We cannot have a, a vigorous spiritual life that is, uh, that is bent towards God because of how we were brought into this world. All right. Any questions or thought about that? Okay. So when you hear this, how does this, how does, when you hear these words and you hear people, when you hear these thoughts, how does this contradict how the world tends to think about us as human beings? Any thoughts? They're yes. all about, I can just do better, and I'll keep working on it, and yeah. I'm getting better every day. Yeah. We're generally good people. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. If we would just look within, we'd find our own solutions to our problems. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many of you actually, how many of you have had those thoughts? Yeah. How many of you have had those thoughts as a Christian? Yeah. And so, uh, say what? Yeah. So just case in point, I was, uh, as I'm in the parking lot, I'm late. I'm trying to convince myself that, all right, just have good thoughts. Don't, don't, don't think negative thoughts. You can do this. You're the man. You got it. Just lean on your own wisdom. And I was like, hold up. Leaning on my own wisdom made me late. And so then, then there's, but by the grace of God, I can go and say, nah, like, it's, it's only by the grace of God that I can. And so, man, let me be dependent on him. Let me pray. Let me rest in him. Right. And so anyway, let's talk about regeneration. Uh, point 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 one, the nature of regeneration. Um, and now uh, which was a and now let's go into B. What is uh, what is regeneration? All right. All right. So. Regeneration, as we talked about before up top, is the changing of our spiritual, first the changing of our spiritual disposition. Uh, Let's go ahead and go to uh, John chapter 3. So 
So we're going to read verse 1 all the way down to verse 15, and this is going to be good for us, and we're going to see these themes play out through the rest of our conversation. All right? Let's start at verse uh, uh, 1. Somebody read verse 1 um, all the way to verse, verse 8. All right, now somebody pick up and read verses 9 through 14. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say, I say to you, We speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And, the, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, um, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Yes. And so one of the, cool, one of the things that we see here is we got Nicodemus. All right. Nicodemus is the uh, the 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 well-known theologian of his day. Um, There's probably not much you can stump him on when it comes to the Old Testament. But he had never met Jesus. So Nicodemus is confused because Jesus is bringing a teaching that not necessarily is is new, but it's just new to Nicodemus. And Jesus is saying, when if you've if you've read the if you've read the the Old Testament, if you've if you read and if you are who you if you are who you say you are, then like, I don't understand why you don't understand what I'm saying. <laughs> right. And so the reason why Nicodemus was confused about these things is because one, he was spiritually dead. And so it was hard for him to understand and comprehend spiritual things. And so what Jesus is saying is essentially something has to take place in you um, that you can't learn that you can't force yourself to delight in, that you can't, uh, that you can't will yourself uh, to, to make happen. And so what, 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 um, what Jesus is saying is the disposition of your soul is wrong, all right? And so in order for, you to under, for order for you to enter into the kingdom of heaven, something that he would have truly understood and truly valued, in order for you to enter into the kingdom of heaven, that disposition of your soul has to change because the way you are bent now, you cannot know. You can't understand what I'm saying. You can't value what I'm saying and you can't even begin to appreciate what I'm saying. And so what so we talked about first that the regeneration is a is a changing of the disposition of your soul. All right. So this is this is this is your soul. Right. And so. Your soul, typically when we talk through the Bible, is made up of five different faculties, right? Um, and so your soul is made up, when, we, when the Bible is specifically talking about your soul, we're talking about uh, your mind. Um, that's how you think. Um, so we're talking, it's, it's almost like the whole, the whole, the whole person. Um, so he's talking about uh, your mind, how you think, and then all right. And then your, your feelings. Um, your desires or your, your passions. Um, how do you think? Feel, desire. And then, and then even, uh, even, even though, even your will, right? 
that leads to your actions. All right. Now, when you look at when you look at Nicodemus and, and when you look at what's going on with this conversation, and we'll see this throughout the conversation of regeneration, um, something is governing these different aspects of of his life. Right. And so we call that his his disposition or uh, his his drive or what's another word? Um, Motive, right? Something, something is driving these things, right? And so what is happening is um, Jesus is saying to, to Nicodemus, flesh and blood cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. Um, you can't think yourself into the kingdom of heaven. You can't feel yourself into the kingdom of heaven. You can't desire yourself into the kingdom of heaven. And you can't will yourself into the kingdom of heaven, right? So for you, think about, um, think about what your life looked like before Christ entered into it. Right? Um, um, think about uh, was there ever a time when your mind or your feelings or your desires and your will was all working in accord for the glory of God? Right. Has there ever has that ever happened? Anybody? No, it hasn't. It didn't happen for me. And so what he's saying is um, until this changes. This will always be corrupt and therefore you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. All right. Does that make sense? Is that my confusing anybody? Any, any questions or thoughts about that, please? OK, good. All right. So we're saying that. Um, to be spiritually dead means that the natural disposition of your soul or the thing that governs how you think, how you feel, how you desire and how you act is essentially evil. It is a direct rebellion against God. In this sense, the dis- disposition of our soul is anti God. Uh, therefore, to just simply change our minds and affections would not be enough. All right. In regeneration, the Holy Spirit is at work to bring us to life spiritually and create in us a holy disposition. All right. So the second thing that's happening in regeneration is um, uh, we'll talk about essentially what is not. But regeneration isn't just um, isn't just these things being changed. The Holy Spirit doesn't enter into us and then say, all right, I've changed your mind. Or I've changed your, your, your how you feel. I've changed your desires. Or I've changed your actions. Why? Because what drives these things are essentially evil. And so when, when Paul says, um, when Paul goes on to talk about the renewing of your mind, that is only possible once the disposition has been regenerated or the disposition of your soul has, has a new seed has entered into it to bring it to a life that glorifies God or to bring it to uh, a a holy disposition towards God, right? And so what what, what I'm saying is when regeneration takes place in in our disposition, that these things naturally then become affected. And so these things aren't essentially uh, changed because if we're saying that these, if this is all God does, If all God does is change our mind, change our feelings, change our desire, change our will, then we're saying we did this on our own. And that's impossible. Right. That's that's because we're dead and we're spiritually dead. And it is impossible to bring ourselves back to spiritual life. Right. And so but what does happen is these things now become effective because now that God is. Not now God has changed our disposition towards him. We naturally now think uh, we naturally now desire to know more about God. We naturally desire to 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 submit our feelings to God. And so when we're when we're dealing with suffering, we're dealing with pain and we're trying to understand that we can still be content to know that God is is sovereign. Our desires and passions uh, are, are now changed. So whereas before, um, um, now this and this is the this is this is the best part of this, is that our person, our identity, right, is now is now is not necessarily uh, changed in a sense where 
I was once radical about doing uh, good deeds or I was once radical about uh, um, man, whether it's the environment or whether it was about um, doing good in different countries. Our disposition now informs those feelings and desires in such a way where it's not for our own benefit, but it's for the it's for the good of man, but also for the glory of God. Right. And so what I say that to say that once this changes, it doesn't necessarily mean we don't like movies anymore or we don't like art anymore or we don't like music anymore. And we just lock ourselves in a room and read the Bible all day. What that do, what, what happens now is we do lock ourselves in a room and read the Bible all day and then we go out into the world and then we get to we get to take what God has done here to inform and create new culture um, to be able to reflect the image of God in such a way that brings him glory. And, and it's for our joy. Any thoughts about that? Absolutely. Um, so that's, that's, what, that's is that what you mean when you're talking about when you say disposition? That's not what I meant until now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so is, there, is there another aspect then? Uh, what do you, okay. No, I think, I think so I, I love the fact that, that, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to use multiple terms. Um, because in, in the sense of regeneration, we're talking about God initiating the work um, that allows us to now be in union with Christ. Um, but I didn't want to use the word union with Christ in regard to specifically starting with regeneration because I did. I want to make it clear that our act of role in this is zero. Um, so now we do. We, so because of what the Holy Spirit does here, we do get to unite with Christ where his, we, we can now begin to think like Jesus, act like Jesus and feel like Jesus in, in a way that we're now united with him because we're now alive in him. Uh, does that make sense? Am I saying the same thing you were saying? I think so. Great. That's all that matters. Um, uh, Yeah. So cool. I just, I just, I just didn't want to, I just didn't want to use a word that just makes us think that we have any role in our regeneration. Um, Cool. Uh, Regeneration's full effect is instant and permanent. I'm not going to go into detail with that. Unlike our sanctification, when God chooses to initiate His regenerative process in our lives. It is complete and immediate. There is nothing that needs to happen either by God or by us in order for regeneration to be complete or take its full effect. Um, and so as a result, there is no point where you can say my regeneration took took place from this time to this time. I think one of the reasons why and, and this is this is this is my own thought. Um, one, of my, one of the reasons why I think it's, it's spontaneous, it's instant, is because it's also spiritual. I don't think it exists and it happens within the idea or framework that we think about time. Um, and so no, at no point can you say, I'm still going through the regeneration process. All right. What you can say, if you believe that the Holy Spirit has uh, done a regenerative work in you, has given you new life, has implanted a seed that you can be able to pursue holiness, you can say, now, I am now persevering. And because of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, I can now, with the family of God, begin to pursue Jesus and pursue holiness. Does that make sense? Okay. So if, if, you, if you are calling yourself a follower of Jesus, the regenerative work in you is complete. All right. We can celebrate this. So that would be a great place to say amen. amen. <laughs> it is, yeah. yep. What I picture in my own mind is a baby that has DNA. Yeah. And although we don't see what that baby's going to look like as an adult, mm-hmm. the same DNA yes. that's been operating from that birth. Yes. And so that's our eternal life is that, that particular DNA. That's what Jesus has given us. Okay. Does that make sense? I'm, I'm struggling. Um, help me out a little bit. Well, it, it's just that when we are born as new born babies, it's the same as being born again. Um, we are given a specific DNA, and God knows what we're going to look like as we grow in our sanctification. Oh, I see what you're saying. It's the same thing. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Absolutely. It's complete. 
absolutely. Yes. Yep. Yep. Thank you for explaining that for me. Um, yes. No, I, I don't believe re-just, I don't believe regeneration and justification are synonymous. Um, and so we'll talk about. Um, and, and so I, I was I was struggling with to, to spend time talking about necessarily what happens in our in our conversion and what happens when in our order of salvation. Um, the work that is done here in our regeneration, I believe, first where we talk about um, God uh, preordaining. Uh, and electing us before time even began, and then God calling us, and then sending the Holy Spirit to start this work in, in regeneration begins to initiate the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the effective work that Jesus did on the cross, so that now we can begin to, um, we can begin to because of the, the disposition or our union with Christ, we can now begin to um, turn and uh, turn turn to God, repent and confess. And now and, and then through that, by faith, the, the act of justification begins to take place or or not begins, takes place where now we are seen as ju- just in the eyes of God. Um, but I don't believe regeneration and justification are the same thing. So you would say that regeneration is not the same as being saved? Mm. Um, I don't say I would say it's one aspect of our salvation process. Uh, I, don't, I don't I don't say I don't believe um, that to, to, to say um, to say that that if you were regenerated and that's it, you are saved. Uh, I say I believe that regeneration is one one of the one of the several orders that take place in our lives that are initiated by both the Father, Son and Holy Spirit that completes our salvi- salvation process. So if we were regenerated and then died, we would still go to hell? Uh, well, so, I, so I, this is a good question. This is really good. So I, one of the things I think we have to begin to think about is not in terms of human terms, in terms of time. I said term like four times. Um, in, 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 in relation to time. And so although I believe that regeneration um, although I would believe that regeneration is one aspect of our salvation, I believe that those those other aspects happen instantaneously to where once once we, once regeneration takes place in the disposition of our soul, our, our next response would be uh, uh, understanding of who I was and who I am in light of God. I can now see. I think it's instantaneous. I can now see my sin. I can now by faith believe that that Christ died on the cross for my sins and that I can confess that sin and then by faith I can turn to God for that salvation. So justification happens at the same time. Yes, absolutely. Exactly the same thing, but they're not the same thing. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Where does repentance fit? I mean you born again you repent before you regenerate him? No, I, regeneration makes repentance possible. So, but that takes time to repent. Time in the way we think about it. Um, um, trying to think about the best way to put it. So we're thinking about it in terms of, of this, of, of this, this, then this, then this, then this. But really it's this, 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 this. Uh, and it's all happening at the same time. So what I'm saying is, it's not this, then this, then this. It's, it's these essential parts happening at the same time. I also think it's fine to say there's a mystery to it that we just don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's just okay to say that. So um, I agree that there's a way that God sees this being applied to the work of his people um, that, that is mysterious to us. So I think experientially, we can, we can sense it. How this was unveiled when it happened, um, but the scriptures just don't give us a lot, and I think it's I think it's fine for mystery on some of this. Absolutely, and that was that was one of the reasons why we uh, opened up the class with like. And, and this is good that this is happening because God is allowing us to think in such a way that we probably wouldn't be thinking if regeneration hadn't happened. But 
uh, the, also the deeper we go, we realize that more, this is, this is more divine and spiritual. Doesn't mean we don't continue to dig and ask questions. Um, somebody else had another question. Well, I was just thinking that there are many elements to a seed when it's planted. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm happy to be able to, I would love to be able to just sit down and have, have, have this conversation more, um, to be able to ask questions and also be able to learn. Um, but we're going to keep, we're going to keep digging in. Um, but please, uh, hear me go, keep going forward is a means to say, let's, let's sit down and talk more. Um, all right. Faculty is natural affected. Um, instant subconsciously. Um, so, uh, Regeneration happens subconsciously. We um we are uh, let's go to John three eight. It says, um, "The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. We are not immediately made aware that our regeneration has taken place, nor can we fully explain." What has happened to us? Nicodemus struggled to understand this. Uh, Jesus said to him, like we just read, the, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is uh, born of the spirit. Uh, and then once, and if, and then, uh, once again, uh, the regeneration is the entire act of God. God works alone to bring about our new birth. Uh, we've said this um, and then we can see clearly, let's go to uh, Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. So I want to go through this really quickly, but I think, I think, it, I think it is important um, to be able to see the, the active work, because typically we think about uh, the, the, the Holy Spirit uh, in the role of regeneration, but I would love for you to be able to see the active work of both the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in the role of regeneration. Uh, can somebody go ahead and, and read those verses? Uh, Ephesians uh, 1, 3 through 14. Absolutely. And so um, I'm, I'm going to go through quickly, but we see quick here that the, both the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is actively involved in our regeneration. The Father is our administrator. He determined who would, be, who would benefit from the gracious work of regeneration and oversees the process. Uh, regeneration is made possible through the redemptive work of the Son. And then the Holy Spirit is the one who carries out the actual regeneration process. And so already through, by explaining what regeneration is, we've already seen what it's not. Um, it's not uh, a change in our physical substance. Uh, uh, we're not changed from man to, to a God. Um, and uh, we're not, uh, uh, it's not a, a moral reformation where we just simply now do good things. All right. And now it's also important to see the necessity or the need for regeneration. And so by doing that, we, do, we start with our starting point. 
Um, in order for us to have a full appreciation, understanding of the gracious work done on our behalf, it is necessary to understand who we are before that work takes place and how it is that we came to be in that state. Uh, this brings us back to a conversation that we had in the past about the doctrine of original sin. Uh, this doctrine teaches us that when Adam sinned, uh, when Adam sinned, the consequences was carried out and credited to everyone after him. In other words, human beings who came after Adam was not just sinners uh, uh, by action, but by their very nature. Uh, this has been important because without understanding this, we leave the door cracked to the possibility that we can regenerate ourselves. Um, and so we see first in uh, Psalm 51 that uh, our starting point is that we're born sinners. Uh, and so P Paul uh, says this very clearly when he says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Uh, later on, we find out that through one man, all are counted as sinners. Uh, and what that, what that means is, uh, starting at verse, when we look at verse 5, uh, chapter, Romans five twelve. it says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one to come. And so what he's saying is, 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 is first of all, that, that our original sin is, is, has, a, is, has a legal aspect to it. And so we've been counted as sinners. Because of who we are, because of who, who our father was, Adam, it has been counted to us as sin. So Adam's sin has been counted to us as sin. Um, any, any thoughts or questions about that? So our starting point is first that we are born sinners. So as a result, we are, we are, we, it, is, it is necessary that regeneration takes place in us, that we be born again. All right? um, the other thing that's important to understand, and this is also contradictory to how the world teaches and how the world talks, um, we, are, we, are, we are born evil. Uh, by our natural disposition towards God, we are in we are born in rebellion to God. Um, and therefore, as a result, we need to we need regeneration by the Holy Spirit. Um, therefore, there is no human being apart from Christ who can claim to be or do any good that would gain God's favor. Uh, Genesis six, five, the Lord, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord, and the and the Lord regret, and the Lord regret re regretted that He made man on earth. These verses not only reiterate the all-encompassing nature of our weakness, but it also the extent to which uh, God despises evil. Uh, we are dead in our tres transgressions, uh, uh, Ephesians two one through three, and you were dead in the trespasses of your sin, which you once walked. Follow the course of the world. Uh, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of our body and mind, whereby nature, whereby nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Yeah. Um, so also we see that what's necessary for regeneration is uh, the wages of sin is death, uh, Romans 6.23. Um, we're not only uh, born spiritually dead, but as a result of the curse of Genesis 3, without God's redemptive interference, our punishment for our rebellion against God is, is, the, is, the, is the wrath of God, eternal death. Our future wage for our sin is death because we enter into the world spiritually dead on our own. Neither On our own, we are, neither we are, we are, we are incapable of reversing our own nature, um, nor prevent um, our future eternal destiny as sinners. Um, and so uh, we see here that we need uh, an outside divine help. Um, the reason why is because, um, like we saw in uh, John chapter 3, uh, flesh and blood cannot enter into the inherit the kingdom of God. And so we were, God designed us to have, 
and created us to have fellowship with him, to reign, to, 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 to be in fellowship with him under his authority in his kingdom. And so that's what he intended. And because of, because of sin, because of the nature of sin, we can no longer live as we ought to have lived. And so because of that, we need regeneration. Um, we do not have a sense or a desire for godliness. Because we're spiritually dead, because we're prone to wickedness, because our nature is sin, uh, we cannot on our own do what God, what God pleases. We see that throughout the entire Old Testament where, where, where God put, men, put man in a position to be able to enjoy him and made promise to them and gave him provision uh, and, and, then, and then said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, gave man everything, including himself, um, um, to be able to enjoy him. But because man did continuously uh, evil and wicked in his own eyes, there was a constantly shifting back to what they knew, which was evil and sin. So constantly throughout the Bible, God is redemptively, actively working to reveal himself. And then we get to the New Testament where he's revealed through his son, Jesus. And so as a result of the work of Jesus and sending the Holy Spirit, we can now be able to enjoy him. And we now have a desire to be able to uh, value and pursue holiness. Uh, so, yeah. Um, once again, we saw that we were uh, born, born sinners. Um, so I'm going to begin to, to, to wrap up. And, uh, but I do want to uh, have us look at some of the privileges of gener- regeneration at the bottom before we begin in part three. So when you think about the reality of, of what God has done in you, what the Holy Spirit has done in you, how he has sealed himself in you so that you can be able to, by faith, turn to God, repent, and confess that Jesus is Lord. What benefits have you seen of that in your life? Just, just one. We have one, just, one, just one benefit that you've seen uh, how regeneration has uh, um, served you. Um, joy. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, so that's, that's a privilege. That's, a, that's, a, that's something that we would not have been able to truly fully understand and appreciate without the work of Jesus in our life, without the Holy Spirit actively working in us. Some of the other ones is freedom from bondage of sin. Uh, I don't, so if we, were, if, we were all, if we were prone to do evil all the time, um, uh, um, if, 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 if our by nature we were in bondage to sin, uh, through Christ we have freedom. Um, not just freedom, but freedom to love and enjoy and serve and worship and obey and have joy uh, in God. Um, we're able to pursue holiness. Uh, we're able to persevere when tempted um, from sin, by sin, uh, or by either by our flesh, by the world, or by Satan. We can now persevere because of the work that was done in us. Um, we're also free from the wrath of God, and that's a big deal. We no longer... Our, our destiny when we were born into this world was to, was the was or, or or our or the track that we were on was to experience the wrath of God at at a, at, a, at a certain time, but because of the work of the Holy Spirit, we no longer have to um, have to be able to experience the wrath of God because of what Jesus did. He did. He stood in our place and he took it for us. So now, yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because of because of that, for for me and for anyone that is a follower of Jesus, we get to demonstrate that joy. We get to demonstrate that not that not that perfection. We get to demonstrate that pursuit of holiness because of this regeneration. And that not only that not only is a blessing um, to us and community, but it also is a blessing for people who don't know Jesus. 
So we, we get to be able to, 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 to demonstrate the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and where we work and where we live and where we worship. Um, and that's something to celebrate. Absolutely. Um, yep. And um, which, which is, was, my, was my next verse. There is no for, therefore no combination for those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, eternal life in the kingdom. Um, enlightened to see and understand spiritual things. <coughs> We saw that was the issue with Nicodemus. He just could not, uh, he just could not see it. Um, he, could not, he couldn't understand it. Um, because of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we could open up the Bible for ourselves, and we can, through prayer and through in community with others, we can begin to understand what God is saying. The very words of God now has, uh, has meaning to us. Um, the very words of God, the very, the very words of God now are, is working in us to, to make our joy complete, um, to be able to also profess and proclaim it uh, to the world as well. Um, uh, enlightened to see and un- understand spiritual things, empowered to proclaim spiritual things to others. So this is, this is the beauty of regeneration. Uh, although regeneration is personal, um, although, it's act- although it's something that happened to you, um, God has sent, sent his son Jesus to, 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 to atone for our sins and then has sent the Holy Spirit to begin the regenerative work in us, um, not just so that we can um, uh, keep it to ourselves. Um, God, has done, God has done this work to fulfill his promise that he will fill the earth with his glory. One of the ways he will fill the earth with his glory is by image bearers reflecting that glory in how we think and how we feel and how we act like Jesus. And so take what God has done in you and, and the word that he's given you to be able to understand and use that to be able to proclaim it to others. That salvation, that Jesus saves sinners, that salvation and regeneration is possible, that those dry bones can once again walk. Right? Let's pray. Uh, Father, uh, thank you that you've called us, called us out of the grave. We were, we were dead to you. Um, we, didn't, we, we had no desire to, to do anything that was godly um, or to pursue you in a way that you would be pleased by. So, Father, thank you for the work that you've done. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Um, I pray that without, with boldness and without fear, and with truth and love that we can, in this, in this season, in this time, in this day, uh, boldly proclaim to the nations and to all peoples what you've done. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.